You've stumbled across another front page football podcast. Or you actually meant to come here. Well, either way, Christian, strap yourself in and get ready to join us on a roller coaster of emotion more entertaining than the Western Sydney Wanderers' last four seasons. And more fun than Ernie Merrick's goal celebrations. Or something less intense than Kevin Muscat and John Cosmina's touchline scuffle. Anyway, Leo, this is the front page football podcast. And it's live. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, hello and welcome to the third instalment of the Front Page Football Podcast, back this time for a full-length episode. My name, as always, Leo James and the man joining me, as always, don't know if that's a good thing, Christian Marchetti. (laughs) Welcome to episode three. Yes, great to be back. Um, I never... I never know what to say first <laughs> when we do this. It's like, what about yes, just a simple? Absolutely. Oh, hello. How are you going? Just hi. But but like we've already been talking. Yeah. Off air, so it's yeah. like now it's like we have to reintroduce ourselves. Okay. Why don't you just let's just try this? Good lesson for everyone at home. Just ask me how are you going, Leo? How are you going, Leo? I'm doing very well. Football's been great, and there's a lot to talk to today as well. See, that was very smooth. There you go. Firstly, we're going to talk about the A leagues, and we're going to recap. Because I tell you what, it's been it's been fun. The promotion's been weird. Apparently, there's something like 20 games in I don't know, 60 games in 20 days or something. Anyway, doesn't don't even know if that's been happening. It's Premier League Christmas schedule vibes. Yeah, it's good fun. League. It's been yeah. good fun. Um, lots of results to recap. The tables looking good. Um, the refereeing has been interesting. We'll cover all those <laughs> topics. And I tell you what, as a South Australian right now, I'd eight two be a Brisbane Raw fan right that's now. Right. Huge win today. Oh, 8-2. That's massive. Huge. Bounce back from the Lady Reds, of course. Um, the FFA Cup is what we'll move to after that. Or it is now the Australia Cup, of course, which, mm, yeah, same. Uh, we're probably all thinking the same thing. I don't know. If you if you actually like the name Australia Cup, please let us know because I do not. Mate, you're allowed to get the notebook out and let it ruffle feathers. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Then we'll talk about the NPL. National Premier Leagues are close to returning across Australia, which is uh, very exciting. We'll talk about SA because we know that like the back of our hand. And then we'll finish up with some podcast awards. And then hopefully for you, you'll actually be able to guess the mystery player I've got for you, which I don't have yet. Yeah, well, we'll super quick in the first one. And then last You failed week. miserably on the second one. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, so, there's no shame in that. You know, this is more about just me proving myself to you more than anything, mm. so... Been watching the Premier League recently. Watched Manchester United, Southampton last night. Good game. Yeah. Um, it's fun to see Manchester United still bad. Yeah, I went to bed at like 10.30 last night um, on a Saturday. So, you know, whoa, yeah. someone's got you know, plans. Yeah. So. Wow, raging Saturday night. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the A-Leagues. Let's get up the ladders. Let's see where which teams are where at the moment. Uh, we'll start in the Isuzu Ute A-League men, our favorite competition in the world. Western no. United, they sit atop the yeah, table. Yeah, Western United, 20 I points. think, thus far, in in the A-League men, they have been one of the surprise packages, mm. for sure. John Aloisi is doing a, a great job. Yeah. The results uh, speak for themselves. Have they played the most attractive football? No. Have they been solid? Yes. And I think if you look at, really, a lot of the teams that are at the top of the A-League men at the moment, Western United, uh, Melbourne Victory, I guess we will discuss this in a second, mm. lost last night to Newcastle, so they've dropped a little bit, but they are in and around. Sydney FC, those three teams in particular have been relatively solid. Uh, so, And haven't conceded that many goals. More more so Western have only conceded nine. I mm. mean, that's just been the, the main reason behind why... Let's take a look at something I wanted to highlight is the Mm. last five because you look at the top six really who are all in finals contention at the moment. Mm. Obviously still a lot of football to play this season. None of those teams' last five form look like a top of the table team. Western United, last five, Mm. drawn one, drawn one, lost. Melbourne City, one, one, lost, one, drawn. Melbourne City look like it's just, they've just slowly now... You know, Newcastle last week, 4-2. Um, and then Western Sydney Wanderers... Sorry, not last week. That was earlier this week. And then Western Sydney Wanderers on Friday night with a 3-1 win. Both of those coming away from home. Yep. Seven goals scored, three goals conceded. Back to that sort of Melbourne City, 
just the, the rotations with the ball, the speed of movement, all of this sort of stuff they did so well to get the championship last season, starting to come back. Yet they lost to Western United 1-0. So it's... Uh, which was on the 29th there of January, so a couple of mu- a couple of weeks ago. So it's really hard to predict at the moment. <laughs> and I just think it's... I don't know, just... It's going to be, can you manage this schedule Yeah. over this next month or so? Can you remain solid defensively? Western United, look, they keep this up defensively. You know, they've got enough there. Diamante Prijevic looks like he's actually starting to adapt and settle now, which is good for them. Lockie Wales lacks refinement, but he'll come up with the odd goal or assist here and there. So for them, they're going to have to probably sort out things a bit more going forward, scoring more. Melbourne City's... Uh, yeah, the Melbourne cities of the world, they're going to have to probably just tighten mm. up a bit more defensively. So everyone's got their things they need to work In on. In a one-word answer, mm. yes or no, no more words than that. I'm not going to let you. Western United, can they stay on top of this table? No. Okay. Yeah. Mm. West, uh, sorry, Wellington Phoenix, isn't that exciting? They won yesterday. Would yeah. have been four wins in a row. And they, and they should have. And they should have. Against yeah. all odds. This Wellington Phoenix side, one of the one of these slimmest squads in the league, mm. has just played something like three games in eight days. They are an well, ex- very exciting yeah. team to watch. They are, they are. And what's interesting uh, about the Wellington Phoenix is since the four 0 loss against Adelaide United here uh, in SA at Coopers, and we discussed that on the second podcast, mm. the last the last long podcast that we did. They've been in really good form, terrific form. Uh, they obviously won the quarterfinals uh, of the FA Cup against City after that. Then they beat Western United. They obviously had that defeat in the semi-final of the Cup, which was which was disappointing. But I don't think they played that badly. Excellent against MacArthur, 3-1. Beat the victory in midweek and definitely should have won the game yesterday. You know, we can maybe go into it a little bit more in depth. But uh, Wellington and Adelaide, Adelaide, again, stealing a point, in my opinion, stealing points at the moment. They really are. They're not playing the best football and, they, and they're just finding a way to create that last-ditch chance and, and get a point. Mm. Wellington looking more like Wellington from last season. Just yeah. solid. And Sandoval now looks to me like he's the Devere replacement. They've got it. He said that he doesn't want to be the Ulysses Devere no, replacement. <laughs> sorry, replacement of Devere. I mean more in terms of impacts. Oh, 100%. Because I, I actually think now they've got with Piscopo... They've got proper X-factor now. That's right. And with Piscopo... Look, for me... And people can say, you know, you have to. I just think you have to watch the games. And David Ball is just absolutely massive for the Wellington Phoenix. If yeah. you actually watch his movement off the ball, what he does to create space for Piscopo, for and Piscopo as well, what he does to create space. Sam Sutton yesterday was fantastic for Wellington. Mm. The space he was just carving up Adelaide down that left side. So, I think when maybe Sandoval says, Sandoval doesn't have to be like what Devere was because yeah. I think now it's Piscopo's more refined. David Ball does what he does. Hopefully Gary Hooper, don't know what's going on there, but hopefully you know he can get back in and start scoring goals. I mean, Josh Atterio, as much as we've uh, <laughs> had our comments about him on this show, I think he's uh, been really good, really good mm. of late. So, yeah. Taking a look at uh, a little further down the table, the bottom three, Western Sydney Wanderers, Brisbane Raw, Perth Glory. Shout out Mark McGowan, Perth Glory. Wow, not looking good for them, but what's looking even worse... The Western Sydney Wanderers. Basket case. Absolute basket Did you case. see the lack of fans the, the other crowd, night yeah. at Combank Stadium? Yeah. Like, I've never seen more of a loss of faith, loss in faith, loss of faith in a team. Loss of faith, yeah. Than but, the Western Sydney Wanderers. But that what, support base yeah. is dead. But why would, why would they be alive? Exactly. exactly. And, and it's I the mean, same with the women as well. I mean, and you go and get, you know, you go and get Mark Root and... And it's only to the end of the season. And look, whatever. But, you know, I've already heard about... You know, you already heard with the comments from like Dean Heffern and Patrick Svansvike made those comments as well on Twitter about the culture at Western Sydney and stuff. And then you go get probably one of the more divisive coaches out there, Mark Rudin. I mean, let's be honest. You only need to... You don't even need to know about what happens behind the scenes. You can only you can already see on the touchline what mm-hmm. the guy's like. And look, you know, that's how he operates. That's fine. But trust me, you know... I can't see him staying on at the end till the till after the end of the season. They've had a couple of decent performances so far under him, but uh, against City on Friday night, I mean that was walk in the park. Yeah, Melbourne City uh, lost to Western last week, one 0 as well. So 
yeah, look, it's just an interim sort of thing. I, I don't see him staying on. Mm-hmm. I just think he's, you know, that club's already got kind of problems with culture and I just don't think he's the type of personality you want, really. So, I'm, I'm really keen to talk about the A-League women, but one more mm. thing on the Wanderers yeah. um, is for the past, I think probably since the introduction of Marcus Babel, <laughs> Babel, there's been no focus on longevity within that football club no and, I, and i've said every th- and everything is sorry a, and is I'm, a temporary I'm, gonna like, fix. I'm gonna like explode in a second because <laughs> i've been saying this to people at the wanderers for like years and i mean this like years right and i don't know who else said this it might have actually been andy harper might have been andy harper said this and look andy harper isn't always my cup of tea with some of the things he said but when it come when it came to the wanderers he said something which was so spot on and we talk about this idea of them taking a stock take on their squad every season <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's basically like, yep, who's out there? Let's just, you know what, strip strip what we've done this season. Who's out there who's playing abroad is like in that age of 28 to 32 Australian that we can get back in and we'll just do that. And then any other foreigners we can sprinkle around that. And it's like, hang on, where are you thinking about how does this squad going to fit the style of coach that you've got? How is this squad, you know, how are these players going to react to yeah, but- the pressures of being a Western Sydney Wanderers player? There's none of this. I just don't think there's this actual focused recruitment policy that they've got. Yeah, here. it's weird, hey. Very, very but, strange. But the, the coach would be behind the recruitment, you'd think. Well, I don't players know. You like, see, this is, this is what I mean. These are the questions. Players like Tomer Hamed, Tomer Hamed mm. have fallen off the face of the earth and that really pisses me off and grabs but, my gears as a Wellington yeah, supporter. Yeah. Because imagine if he was at the Phoenix again this season with players like Gary Hooper, Gail mm. Sand. They would be well, top of the table. they wouldn't have got Hooper back if they had Hamed. Wellington. They wouldn't have got Hooper back because he was basically a replacement. Because they got him back from India. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, but, but imagine a what if. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Taking a look at what <laughs> no, if. No, no, of know? course. What? Yeah. What? So let's look. Let's look at Carl Robinson. So Abini, Troisi, I would say maybe Petrados as well. Probably those three could have been like Carl Robinson signings. Yeah. There's, there's probably some others. I don't know. I don't know what goes on over there. <laughs> don't um, think anyone does. Huh? Don't think anyone. Does. I don't think anyone does. But. Yeah. Like, how do we not know that, like, uh, maybe not Paul Letterer, but, um, you know, Gavin Costello or whoever is high up? JT. JT. I don't... I forgot how to pronounce his full name. Same. That's why I've called him JT. That's why I've called him JT. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. But, um, you know, how do we know that he didn't go, oh, Tom Ahmed, look, he's scoring goals at Wellington. Let's just get him. And let's just do that. Like, it, for me... Yeah, but I think... Something's not right For, there. for as much Recruiting. slack as they get, yeah. on, on the flip side, I don't think... People make out the Wanderers staff to be the kind of people who go into work every day being like, oh, let's see how we can destroy this club. Like, that's not what, no, that's no. Not what they'd be doing. No, so I, I yeah. don't get where this disconnect is coming from because mm. they've put every... Like, from a management administration level, they've put everything in place that they can. They have the best gym in the that's league. Right. Yeah. They have the best facilities in the league. Mm. They have, like... 72 pitches out at, you know, yeah, at Blacktown. Yeah, yeah. Like they've got, they've, they've given that A-League and A-League, sorry, A-League men and, and A-League women the club women like program. Blacktown City, they've yeah. got potentially a feeder club like from NPL to get yeah, some players 100%. maybe through there. So there's that. But. but both teams, like let's turn our attention to the A-League women now. Mm. And the Wonder, the Wonder women have lost five in a row in comparison to their cross-town rivals, Sydney FC. Mm. They've won five in a row. Yeah. By the way, Sydney FC women... Sydney FC women have conceded one goal all season. And they've just been smoking teams. Like, left, right and centre. It's been been really good. The whole top four have. And that's exciting to see because Adelaide United are third. Mm. And as... You know, we're from SA. Mm. There's no hiding the fact that we're bloody excited to see a high-performing Adelaide United I think a lot of people should be excited about Adelaide United just in even... They're a bloody good team to watch. They are. And also just the story of it. Like, um, you know, Adrian Stenter. Yeah. Just personally um, with, because he obviously worked at... um, (laughs) He was my teacher at school. He was your teacher at school. I mean, (laughs) there there we go. So that's pretty cool. But then a team which has never made the finals. That's great to get around. Things like today, you know, where they've just beaten the Brisbane Raw 8-2. Chelsea Dorber for me is a bolter for the Matildas. Yeah. You know, things like today where they've just won 8-2 against Brisbane. Yeah. You rewind, that would have been like an expected result for a, for a team in the past. Now, to see our girls doing that, 
Mm. It's bloody exciting to see, and you'd Fiona love Wart's to see it. Scored five goals today. Oh, she's Put on fire! <laughs> Absolutely on fire. Yeah. Um, so let's take a look around the A League women. Of course, that top four, those four final spots, um, are made up of Sydney FC. Of course, at the top, Melbourne City probably expected to be second, although they had a bit of a rusty period, mm. maybe three games ago. United in third, S- victory Sydney, in Sydney, fourth. Let's let's not beat around the bush. Sydney FC have clearly been the best team in the A-League oh, so far. Like, by far, it's just not even... Yeah. The, the quality in that squad is is unbelievable. And just a few players who surely... I mean, we did an article on, on the website. Again, first... First, uh, first plug so, of the night. First one of the night. <laughs> Frontpagefootball.net. But, uh, frontpagefootball.net. <laughs> yes, had one job. One job. And that's what the Wellington Phoenix did the other night as well. They won their first game. That's right. That was yeah. a great story. Mm. Great story. Um, and... But back on that, we did an article before the uh, Women's Asian Cup on some potential bolters from the A-League women yes. for the squad. Princess Abini, yep. Remy Seamson, but uh, no. So, well, Remy Seamson was selected. So was like Courtney Vine. Yeah, but Remy Seamson didn't see. feature... Not, not enough. Not enough. So, yep. yeah. A-League women. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's hard to see that top five changing, of course. There's a nine-point gap between fifth and sixth. Um, which, eight point, eight point, Matt. Sorry, yes. Timetables. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, Newcastle Jets. Obviously, mm. the bottom five are made up of the Jets, Brisbane, Western Sydney, Canberra, Wellington. It's hard to see that changing, but I mean, mm. Wellington are looking good. They've been yeah, in well, every single game they've played. They've just been on the back end of results and can't. That's really right. And I mean, if you look at Wellington's results of late, besides the two loss to victory. At home, they had obviously the Canberra win, but yep. then the other three losses before that were all by a goal. So you mm-hmm. had 3-2 against Brisbane, 1-0 against Adelaide, and then a 3-2 against Perth. That Perth game, they really should have won. Yeah. Uh, just just looking at the highlights and stuff around that, that that was, um, yeah, a heartbreaking one for them. So, yeah, Wellington, Adelaide next in the A-League women. Mm. So after they just very, played very men, keen. Yeah. You know what I'm not keen? The refereeing mm. has been a bit iffy recently. Mm. Rewind a few days ago. Perth Glory versus Adelaide United. <laughs> can, can I just say? Can I just say something? Just because I just found this really funny. I wish so, we could do an, a, a visual podcast right now because I want to. I want to show you this screenshot in my mind. She's onside by about just don't even fifty meters. It's so clear. But you know what was funny? The other cheek from Carl Vitt. So on uh, his pretty much press conference for the Wellington game this week, which was on Friday. On Friday, two days ago. And uh, he was asked about he was asked about the decision in the women's and the, and the offside call, which clearly I haven't seen it back. Clearly, do yourself a favour. It's comical. Yeah. It is comical. Very comical. But the other cheek from Carl Vert to then try and spin it off as if all the Adelaide teams are getting such a such a bad rub of the green this season. Look, Adelaide United had some bad thing. Maybe some bad decisions go their way, but uh, not go their way. But um, you know, I think that was a bit mm. <laughs> to try and slide that in. Uh, with that was a little bit strange, but but I mean at the start yeah. of the season, no mm. one talked about the referees, and then no. slowly but surely we're getting back into this age-old conversation about how bad officiating is. You know, and what's funny in the A League's competition. The other ironic thing about all this is that Chris Beath refereed the Club World Cup final between Chelsea yeah. and Palmeiras this morning, and he actually did a pretty decent job. Mm. Because <laughs> Jared Gillett refereeing games in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I don't know what there is to talk uh, about with these A League referees because I know how hard of a job it is having mm. experienced it firsthand. Not quite at the A-League level, but I've been a referee in, in, in days gone by. It's not an easy job, but these guys have one job, and that is to officiate a game well. Mm. And too many times recently, it's not been happening. You know, what I found really interesting, so last season on the official A-League account, they did a behind-the-game thing on Alex King, yep. referee. And it was interesting. So he made, it was a Brisbane Central Coast in Gosford, were playing and he made a call which he then reversed via VAR but it was interesting to actually see at half time when he went in mm. and he was kind of stressing out over it oh 100% and he was These like but like, he was actually really getting game. quite anxious over it and it kind of kind of made you think like wow like you know I think we we like to brandish some of these referees maybe because it's the A-League you know and maybe it's because they're not getting paid as much as referees over in Europe of course not in the Premier League I mean the Premier League it's a, it's a full time job it's like we've got full time referees here 
Yeah, but... It's only a select few, not all of them. Yeah, but exactly, we, we exactly. Still do have full time. No, referees. but sorry, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a perception as if they're not. Right, it's like okay. as if it's like you guys only do this part time, yeah. and it's like you don't care. You just kind of are filling a spot, sort of thing. I think that's a little bit harsh sometimes. I don't think these guys are human beings. You know, they do try and do their best, and sometimes, and unfortunately, at the moment, definitely this week, more often than not, they're just getting it wrong at the moment. Yeah, but for so, the, for the yeah room for excuse has become a lot slimmer with with the introduction mm. of VAR. Like, no, re- no, no, rewind exactly. to Adelaide United versus Sydney FC a couple of weeks back. Oh, no. Like, I, I, I don't imagine. know if this is just us yeah. being up in arms, but how is that not a penalty against Hiroshi Ibisu? I actually I, I didn't think that was a penalty. I thought there was holding from both sides. Well, I just thought he spear-tackled him. No, I looked it back and I, I was... I, it's, it's no, I can see the argument for a penalty, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, yep, Stonewall, definite pen. Yeah, I and that's where like, VAR pisses me off, because yeah. why should it have to be absolute clear cut? That's the point of having 72 different well, angles. No, I, I agree, but then I guess what's VAR going to be? We're going to review every single decision and then waste more time. Well, obviously, if it looks obvious, but it shouldn't be, oh, that's not clear and obvious, but I can see a foul in that. I, I, but I understand the clear and obvious. But then not call it because it's not cl- like. <laughs> I don't know. If you can see something in it, it's clear and obvious, right? But is it? Mm. Let mm. us know what you think. Yeah. Get in touch with yes, us. It's a, it's, a, it's a good topic. So is the next one FFA Cup. Mm. And again, yes. I'm going to ask you in a yes or no answer <laughs> do you like the new name Australia Cup? No. Neither. It just it doesn't sound right. It I mean it fits the, all the, the you know adjectives describing mm. words bland, boring, plain, uninventive like mm. Mm. Australia well, I, Cup. Yeah, yeah. So it's something which goes back to the roots. Uh, from there was seven seasons of a cup called the Australia Cup in the nineteen sixties, uh, which was last won by Sydney Hakoa um, in I believe nineteen sixty eight my research proves me right um so it's something which goes back to the roots sort of thing roots of the game australia cup and that's that's all well and good but again brand Mm. we've spoken about this again with with this idea of branding and it's kind of like australia cup like where's the relevance to football in that like ffa cup you know like yeah i don't know like the good thing about australia cup could be an afl competition it could be a cricket competition yeah i mean obviously they've because FFA, it's not FFA anymore. I guess that's why they chosen it the FA Cup. You can't really call it the, and you can't call it the FA Cup. But I don't know. I mean, look, if you're if you're listening right now and you're saying, well, what would you call it? Fair enough, because I don't really know what else you would call yeah. it. I don't know if you had any suggestions. Yeah, but it's just certain things. You know, you got to. It's got to kind of bounce off your ear, right? And it's mm. like Australia Cup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. I don't know. Maybe it'll grow on us because I remember. Maybe. I remember when the FFA Cup was announced. It was kind of like well, it was a bit yeah, yeah, bland and boring. True, but true. then it became you know a staple in the country and then mm. in in our in our nation's football program. True, true. So maybe we'll give it time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't. I, yeah. I, I mean, like, what would you call it? You can't call it the Australian FA Cup. You can't call it FA Australia Cup. Could you call it the Australian FA Cup because you got Australian? <laughs> I mean, copyright reasons, yes, but yeah, who? Yeah, mm. I don't know. It's very interesting. That's I mean, talk- technically, mm. they're called the English FA Cup, though, isn't it? It's the, it's just the FA Cup, or it's the Emirates FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's getting very technical. Called the the uh, the Isuzu <laughs> FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's think. Uh, no, okay, let's turn our attention. Melbourne Victory, though, have won the last ever edition of the mm. FFA Cup before it transitions to its new name of the Australia Cup, and it See, raises mm, a very good point <laughs> that uh, that having a, sec- a successful Melbourne Victory is so crucial to the success of Australian football. Like to see these guys back up. Okay, the stadium may not have been full, which was weird. Um, I was I was a little bit. At first, so funny story about this, I was working... About the crowd? What's that? About the crowd. Yeah, about the crowd. So I was working whilst game was on and I just chucked, just in the pub there, I just chucked it on channel 10 whilst I was working so I could kind of work but then look at the screen sort of thing. Multitasking, yeah. You know, the life of being the age that we are. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so, um, and when they first came out and I was just having a look and I was like, oh, that seems underwhelming. But then I kind of, they showed it around a little bit. I was like, all right. Look, let's 
benefit of the doubt, COVID, blah, blah, blah. Yep, okay. But just because we, we've mentioned this a few times this season already because it's been really clear to kind of see the Melbourne victory bounce back more in terms of the fan side of things and all that sort of thing. Just with games in general this season, and I, we don't we don't want to touch on this too long because I understand we've got we've got time restrictions, but <laughs> um, which I never follow. But um, there just seems to be when when the crowds are there, it's a very obvious point. But particularly when the crowds are there, like Melbourne Victory fans and the North Terrace players feed off it just so much yep. more. Like Jason Davidson just gets up to the ball and he just smacks it in the top corner from a free kick, like. I don't know if he just has the confidence to kind of do that if he's playing in front of a different kind of atmosphere. It just it just brings out so much more. Um, and, you know, as always, victory with the limbs. It's just just insane. You know, like, how good <laughs> is it? For, I remember that the, the camera panned across a few times and you could see the entire North Terrace block mm. full. Yeah. And yeah. we haven't probably seen that for quite a while. But even against the Jets last night in the, in the A-League, it was full. Yeah. You know, like, they're back and the team is, you know albeit they've you know had a couple crappy results over the past couple of weeks but besides that i mean yeah. the the club on a whole is kicking goals again which as an australian football supporter of the entire league is crucial it's needed and it's good to see but i think i think it's needed because i just think other active groups for you know reasons which i think are just they haven't been engaged enough have gone away and they've turned themselves away a little bit from the game and this one active group that is still so heavily involved has now become really important i just think you know we've we've said it we've, we've been to other united games this season and you, you just see the red army and it's like what's happened mm. like, it's more like the red people <laughs> yeah it's like and there's the <laughs> it's not much of an army is it um <laughs> and it just seems like there's gaps and it's just not the same friday nights i mean friday look obviously at cooper's we've got one stand that's um yeah being renovated under, for the world cup development we drove past it yesterday dude. yeah it's looking good you yeah. can see this that's the rip microphone I've, uh, um, dropped the microphone stairwells are in oh they're looking good you yeah. can just see it it's, it's very exciting yeah yeah but i remember <laughs> never been so excited by the stairwells <laughs> like a few years yeah. ago Friday, you know, Friday night football was a big thing. Friday night football Friday was like huge football. in Adelaide. It was yeah. like it, it didn't, and it didn't really matter who was playing either. It, it didn't really to. matter yeah. where Adelaide was on the table. I remember the year after Adelaide won the championship. This was the 2017, 2017, 16-17 season after fifteen sixteen, and I remember Mark Ochieng scored a winner for Adelaide United against Melbourne City, and the roof went off the place. It was like Friday night. Adelaide were like they weren't really in finals contention. They were eighth, but it was just. I don't know. It was just a different feel. Mm. It was just so much better because you have the Red Army were just out there every week. It didn't yeah. matter. And yeah. I just think, you know, even even like a club like Newcastle, like the Novocastrians and stuff, that, they seem to have more number like a couple of years ago. Mm. I don't know. They are slowly yeah. coming back though. And I think mm. this whole rebrand thing, probably you lost a few people because it's kind of like, okay, what competition is that? And now it's mm. slowly but surely, and it was always going to be a gradual thing. Mm. But I think it's slowly but surely st- you know, starting to recapture the imagination of Australian football fans. Yeah, and I just, I'm always, look, I'm very much a football purist, so I always worry about, okay, what's the quality on the pitch yeah. first? Okay, let's think about that. And I don't think the quality, I, I remember we had a discussion before, we were just uh, on our first podcast where we were talking about, you know, the quality of the season, how's it going, and I felt it had dipped. But now I'm kind of looking at it and just thinking, I think it's more because the crowds are dipped. These players aren't bringing the same level of intensity they were to the games mm-hmm. like they were uh, last season um, and maybe seasons before. I mean, to be fair, last season there was there was COVID and things like that, and and they were still kind of producing. So I don't know, but um, I just think yeah, there's a lot of teams recently that are that are they just seem to be adapting a bit more. Their playing squads are settled. And we're starting to see some some better football, but the intensity levels are just like, wow! Like this is this is like a training session. Like some of the games, it really does feel like that watching it. Yeah. So, mm. They are the, I mean the 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 playing load on players though at the moment is is intense, and the squads aren't as big as they have been in the past. Some obviously there's yeah, but you've also bigger you've squads always than got others, but you, yeah, but you've always got NPL. Um, and, well, particularly you've always got youth teams, but more so. I think this is where a club like Adelaide United benefits and 
potentially Newcastle Jets as well because I understand that their their NPL side plays in in New, in the New South Wales local league as well. So that's where those clubs might benefit through this because they can bring in these types of guys even to sit on the bench to mm. fill numbers yep. and fill fill slots uh, if there is fatigue injuries whatever. Um, so I don't know maybe that's a discussion point there around mm. you know clubs making sure they're having their youth teams playing in those those local leagues. Potentially. Mm. Potentially. Um, talking about the NPL, mm. the world's favourite league returns next week, the NPLSA, <laughs> and we've done some research mm. to see when the other NPL leagues across Australia return. Um, Christian Marchetti will fill us in with those details very shortly, but Am South I? Australia... Well, <laughs> bloody hope so. <laughs> South Australia, the NPL returns next Friday night. Mm. It is a huge game. Yeah. Adelaide City, it of is. course, champions last year against Campbelltown. These two teams with so much history. Oh, what a way to kick it off. And we're in for a good, uh, an amazing season this season. We'll get into predictions and all that kind of mm. stuff very shortly. But the teams that have been promoted, full of history, full of ambition, full of uh, excitement, I guess. The FK Beergrad rebrand rebrand yeah <laughs> interesting go them though and uh you know we'll, we'll be in for a great year of, of local football mm. it's yeah. good to see you back yeah i really like the adelaide city Campbelltown. that's the second year in a row first game bang like i remember last year i was at the i was at that game last year uh Campbelltown and city at steve woodcock sports center that was the the atmosphere was really good really good like and it just felt yeah this is a big game sort of thing i just think the in, in, in the local league, we do have a lot of, because of clubs being founded by ethnic by ethnic backgrounds, and particularly the Italian clubs, they've got huge histories between each other. Huge. Mm. You know, big they're big rivalry kind of games, but I just think we don't really promote and do enough around them to kind of really get it out there. Like, yeah. you know, City Campbelltown, City Campbelltown. Like, you know, this like is big. Re- really yeah. capture the heritage of the club. Yeah. You know? Like, I just think... If Adelaide United aren't playing in the A-League on a Friday night and Adelaide City are playing Campbelltown, then those people who aren't going to the Adelaide game, they should be going there. Yeah. Watch that game. Mm. You know, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It, it's hard. It's hard because, of course, there's, there's a quality drop-off. You know, let's not beat around the bush, right? But there's also exciting young guys in the NPL. There is. There always is every year. Um, and I'm sure there'll be some new ones who pop up this year. And it's just, you know, you know yeah, get out and support the local game. These As teams well. that have been promoted, mm. how good is it to see Bacala back in the top flight? Mm. It's been a, a few years, I believe, since we've seen Bacala up where they probably belong uh, as a top-ranked team. And then, of course, you've got FKB grad as well, who are back in the top level. They've got new lights, so Frank Mitchell Park will be an absolute amazing place to be, not only for the football, but the, the food off of it as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've got challenges like Sturt Lions, like the Croydon Kings, like Campbell, uh, like Cumberland. Sturt, Sturt will be an interesting one this year. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're playing at Carinia Reserve, not okay. at uh, West Beach this year. So they're kind of back more playing closer to actually where their home is. Yeah. So that should be interesting. And they were really good last year. Excellent mm. in their promoted season. And then you've got, yeah, Beer Grad... Uh, should be interesting. The one thing for me, Leo, which stands out about this season and the fixtures, a lot of later games at yep. night, five o'clock, seven o'clock, not the three p.m. kickoffs. Which I don't know about you, but I think. I mean, I play it. Th- I, I play it three on a Saturday. Yeah, so so do a lot of other people in local football. That's right. So it, it frees yeah. up those people to maybe go and watch, you know, the first team play instead. So yep. yeah, yeah, exciting yeah. times ahead. Um, predictions. Predictions. Like. Winner relegated. Yeah, so I think cup winners. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think City obviously they're going to be up there again. I think I think Campbelltown have made some interesting some interesting signings. They got Alex Woodlands from Adelaide City, and also a new coach in Michael Matriciani and a bit of a new coaching team from Adelaide Uni. Adelaide Uni got promoted from State League uh, Two to State League One as well last season. So. I think Campbelltown, Adelaide City, and it's the first game up. That should be really interesting. Looking forward to seeing those two. And look, Metro are always up there as well. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I think either City or Campbelltown this year, if you had to, if I had to put my money on it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you look at City's reappointed coaching staff in Paul Pezos. Mm. George Sonis joins the team, I think. Yes. And, uh, and Stephen Hughes. Yeah. Steve Hughes. So, I mean, <laughs> when you've got such an elite coaching team and yeah. an elite squad to match, it's hard to look past and, them as, as not going, you know, around a second time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what's really uh, been uh, good to see from City's point of view is that they've just added to what they've already got. They haven't 
they haven't really lost much. They've obviously lost Lockie Barr and Asad Kasumovic to, to Adelaide United, of course. And great to see Lockie Barr started yesterday again and make a couple of starts in, in the A-League. Uh, a player who, by the way, I think a lot of us who watch local football for many years, particularly everyone who's you know gone on there every week on a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon to watch him play, has said this guy should have got an A-League chance maybe earlier. So good to see him out there. But Adelaide City have retained guys like you know, Kirker, Aladdin Irabona, Nick Booker is a, a stalwart who's been there for many years and he's still there. Uh, so um, And they've got a lot of good young players. Jai King, um, Charlie Devereaux, Daniel Brassan, these these sorts of midfielders as well. Really good, really technical players. And they've added that with Matthew Dorber, who was at the Metro Stars for the last five seasons. Juan that, Gutierrez from Juan Cumberland. Juan Gutierrez from Cumberland. Dakota Oshinham. Yeah. <laughs> From so, you know, you, you start to see all these players. You know what like, I mean? So okay, the, it's hard to look past these guys as number one. I, I think it's really good. And um, what they've done with guys like, you know, Juan and, and Dorba is they've kind of taken them from teams that are, you know, could, well, particularly Dorba from Metro. Like, you know, that could be a rival sort of thing. They've kind of just taken him and added him to the squad as mm. another option. So, um, interesting. They probably lack up front. Yeah. Uh, Christian Aloisi, uh, Chick Wuba, they're probably the only two kind of options for them up front and losing Kasumovich they haven't maybe replaced him but yeah we'll see who's going down who's going down it's very early to ask Jeez, this question you put me on the spot there <laughs> wow um whoa. maybe not who's going down but maybe bottom four bottom because, four I mean the NPL is hard enough mm. to predict as it's going <laughs> let yeah, alone I mean, before it this is what I mean I mean like Sturt Sturt and South Adelaide for example last year they were really good. They overperformed expectations. I think maybe people would have had them near the bottom. I'll say, um, oh my god, I completely, I completely overglossed on Comets, who of course made the grand final last year. So, yeah, you know what I mean. So sorry, sorry about that. Comets will definitely be in the running this year as well. Yeah, sorry, because on my laptop it loaded the first five fixtures. So I was just looking at all those teams, and I just. But Callum Comets are playing as well. And You're just, forgiven. You're forgiven. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Comets will definitely be up there. I mean, Bacala newly promoted, so I guess they'll be trying to make sure that they stay in it. I think Cumberland will probably be in that mix of maybe going down, potentially Beergrad as well. And I don't know, I'll just put Croydon in there. Yeah. Yeah. Croydon and Bacala are sharing a home ground as well this year at Jack Smith Park. So, oh, because Croydon are building. That's right. I yeah. imagine they'll be in there sometime shortly. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, um, in, in other exciting news, not too sure mm. if you've seen all the news coverage around it, but the new State Centre for Football is inching yes. closer to completion. Yep. It is looking so good. Yeah, yeah. Very keen to get in there. And, How and many start artificial pitches there? there? Two. Two out two. the back, That's one right. natural turf pitch at the front. Right. Five, five, ten five side pitches or five? Mm. Huge hill, huge ground. Oh, God. That place is going to be absolutely sensational. So if you'd like to, get out to a game in the NPL, State League 1, State League 2, WNPL. Preseason Cup is very much underway. So if you are here in South Australia, get out to a game. But that's not to say if you're from anywhere else in the world, albeit Australia, get out to the New South Wales Premier League. Yep. Uh, you know, Victoria, Queensland, no, WA, so Victoria, Northern the, Territory, Tasmania. Like, there is so much local football coming up to watch over the next couple of months. As, re- as requested by Leo, I will fill you in on the starting <laughs> dates. So, interesting. NPL Victoria starts next Thursday. South Melbourne, Heidelberg, which is a big Whoa. rivalry Big rivalry in Victoria. Trip to Melbourne? Yeah. Um, that's it. Sorry, Matt. Got, uh, I'm busy at the moment, but... <laughs> excuses last minute plan but um <laughs> can't spring that on me um anyway so they start on thursday by the way can i just say i don't know if you and maybe they're doing it because that you know they want to be in the second division in the future but i don't know if you follow like south melbourne's social media accounts and stuff but yep. those guys really have kind of gotten that well, they run like a you know proper club they're, they're actually trying to run themselves like a serious proper club yeah. like a professional club now and it's the way that no, like, obviously obviously you perform. could say well of course they would like you know they, they should they yeah. should but um you know let's just say that there are maybe some clubs locally whether that be um you know that we see here locally or in in other in other states that maybe just kind of fit into that semi-professional and don't really aspire to be yeah, aspire to be aspire to be closer so yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's take a look at some podcast awards now. Mr. Josh Satirio, of course, um, is the name of one of our awards, but I don't think he'll be winning it this week because he's been on fire. Who 
I think I'm going to select an Adelaide player for this. Josh Shatira, most frustrating player of the week from the Adelaide Wellington game. And I think right. it's got to be an Adelaide player. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with Bernardo. Really? And people would say... He scored the goal. People would say he scored the goal. And you're right. But Bernardo Oliveira needs to learn when to take a player on 1v1, when he should use his player inside, when he should wait for a fullback to overlap. He is very much... He's excellent 1v1. Calvert has said this, and he is. He's really good for a young player 1v1. But you got to know when you're going to take a player on and when you're going to pass mm-hmm. it off and when you're going to make... His, his football intelligence and his decision-making needs to improve a lot. So he was frustrating a little bit, I felt, yesterday. But as you rightly pointed out, he he, um, he picked up... You know, he got the goal mm-hmm. um, at the end. Great header. And Josh Cavallo, again, with another great cross. Obviously for Ibisuki and Newcastle yeah, a few weeks ago as well. He's, he's making these cameos off the bench of late. And he's just... Is it time that bench. Josh Cavallo is brought back in to the starting eleven? Maybe because my God, Ryan Kiddo, could he actually get across that didn't just spray well over the bar? And I tell you what, wh- whilst you're on this topic, mm. it's very topical. Of course, yeah. Hiroshi Ibisuki is six foot five, and he has not scored one header. Oh, I mean, he scored one header, but anyone could have scored that header. We are not mm. Adelaide United are not utilizing. That man's height. This is this is really interesting that you brought, brought this all. up because I was getting in. Sorry some, to bring it up late, but yeah. No, 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 because I was getting in some not heated, but just just some discussion. So my dad's like, he's all in with Ibisuki. Like it's you know, uh, and he's probably gonna when he hears this, he'll be like, you know, <laughs> calm down. I'm not that all in, but he, he he likes him. And look, I absolutely see what he's talking about. Is is touch as a center forward, as a target man, his ability to lay off, bring others into play is really good, yep. really good. And I think it's exactly the type of player which Carl wanted, uh, Carl Bitt. So. Perfect in that regard. But I just felt there were times yesterday where first half, ball would go into him, kind of bounce off him a couple of times. There was that. You know, it's not like every Adelaide cross yesterday was awful. There were a couple that were decent and that I felt he could have done more with. And I just think... I think in the A-League, I think just in football in general, we've got this idea where we gravitate towards a player straight away. And then... So I think Adelaide fans because of Ibisuki's early contributions so far, I think a lot of them are gravitating towards, yeah, this is our guy. Which is, there's no problem with that, but let's not now do this thing where it's like every single time a ball goes in the box and it doesn't get put away, it's not his fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone's kind of got this got this idea around that and this could be the Christian Marchetti rant of the week. That's actually a podcast <laughs> award. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, there's that. Mm. Uh, I, j- I just thought I'd add. So Any yeah. other awards? Any other awards? Mm. Coaching decision of the week. You're very happy with Ante Milicic. Yeah, so they're actually, they're playing right now, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, the Brisbane Roar and MacArthur. And we'll just we'll just actually quickly get a live score on that. Brisbane are 3-1 up. They're almost about to finish. Wow, I'm actually stunned right now. Mm. Nikola Milicic has scored again, Leo, for Brisbane. Adrian Mariapa scored again for MacArthur. Two in a week, Wow. And made it uh, one. Of, oh my god! The podcast award, the Carl Hernandez Thunderbust of the week. How can we not give it to Craig Noon and his unbelievable Tommy Orr? Which one? Do and you Tommy pick? Orr. Yeah. No, but we can only have one Carl Hernandez Thunderbust of the week. That's the problem. Only have, oh, he's, he's, mess- he's massaging his temples, going. Okay, so who's going to get the Carl no, okay, Hernandez okay. Thunderbust of the I'll week? I'll break my. I'll break my rule. What if one gets the thunder and one gets the bastard? One the gets the thunder. The Thunder... It has uh, to no, be Craig Noon. The th- no, the Thunder will give to, to Tommy Yor, yep. and the Bastard will give to Craig Noon because Mariners fans <laughs> would have thought, what a Bastard, <laughs> because you just cost us three points at home. Smart. So, yeah. Mm. Just quick. Funnily but, enough, that, I believe, was by the way, by the way, first ever goal for the Bulls. South Melbourne's Henry Hoare has also scored for Brisbane. South Melbourne's? Three, ex-South ah, Mel- They've gotten okay. from South Melbourne. It made it 3-1 here for Brisbane. Henry That's Hoare. almost done. But uh, what's funny about this is I was going to make it... <laughs> I was going to say best coaching decision of the week from Ante Milicic. So after MacArthur got absolutely obliterated against Wellington and it was just so clear uh, uh, and also against the Mariners yeah. with the two penalties Moody Najjar gave away, please stop playing Craig Noon and Moody Najjar as two wingbacks in a 3-5-2 uh, system. That and how been- are we ever going to know why when Ante Milicic keeps covering his mouth every single <laughs> time he speaks? <laughs> By the way, MacArthur trying to act like MacArthur coaching staff trying to coach, trying to cover their mouths and act like it's like you know everyone wants to get in on whatever you're saying. It's like, like mate, look, you look, have guys. seven people at your home game. <laughs> <laughs> just look, relax. You unless it's like about ticket prices, like, no one wants to really. <laughs> hear also, what's where's going. Tommy Urich? Where's Tommy Urich? Yeah. 
saw this article pop up and I was like, hmm, mm. man's missing. I know. I know man is missing. And man's got Lockie Rose up front who started well, but it's just been a bit more like recently. It's like, oh, Lockie Rose. Mm. <laughs> okay. I mean, he did he did score a half Carlos Hernandez Thunderbars of the week, but... When was that? Against... A couple of weeks back. I can't remember against... I can't remember who he did against, but I was just like, oh, LA Rose, bam. Yeah, La Rose. Mm. <laughs> But any, yeah, any more so, awards? So he got rid of he got anyway. He took today. He took out Najar and Noon. Yep. So, so he took out Najar and Noon was moved further forward. Mm-hmm. But ironically, MacArthur have still conceded three holes, and it looks like an will lose three one. The wheels at that place have fallen right off. They mm. were they were I don't know a couple of weeks ago they were right in the top with uh, mm. Western, but uh, looks like uh, it's come back to bite them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Have you got any more awards? Because I am buzzing to ask you, well, to make you guess. Your oh, I tell you what, mystery players I had the, the week. I had the Archie Thompson Award for scoring a shit ton of goals, and I'll give that to Jamie McLaren because he's just you know Jamie McLaren. Hmm. There was a stat that we posted on our socials: sixty-four goals in sixty games for Melbourne City and thirteen assists. I mean, that's just insane, insane, insanity, mad. Hmm. He's got to go to Europe. He's been to Europe. I'm on his Wikipedia page now. I know he's been in Europe, and he was good for like six months at Hibs, and then he like just came back, and it's like, oh, mm. tear it up. Very fair. Okay. Mm. Anyway, time to make you guess your two mystery players <laughs> yes. and very exciting development on here on the front page football podcast. It'll be the first week where I've made you guess an A League men player and an A League women player. Okay. So we'll start with the Liberty A League women first. Yep. And this player, well, her CV is nothing short of impressive. She is one of... Katrina Gorey. <laughs> Look, mate. People. Look, mate. I need to give you some clues so those playing along at home can guess as well. And if you beat Christian, let us know. Um, there's no prize to give you, but please, I just want to know Christian's loss. What's your record in this, by the way? I believe it's 1-1, lost one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The first one was... first one was like elite. I got it after like three seconds. Who it was, was it? Jason Hoffman, I think. Jason Hoffman. The second was, was Anthony Golick. Anthony Golick. And yeah. so here's your chance to go again. Lose all right, mate. Again. We don't have all night. All right. <laughs> so she's getting on now. She's getting on. She's Lisa currently... <laughs> Boom! He strikes again. He's back. All right. Two from one. See, all that's right. funny. That's funny no, because that- it's like there's there's this real perception. Every every single time someone mentions Lisa Devanna, it's almost like we've got to gravitate towards mentioning her age. You know what? I... Yeah, well by the way, how many times have I said the word gravitate in this podcast? Yeah, how many times how many times have I said seventy two? <laughs> I think I've said it twice now. I love that word, gravitate. Mm, okay. I'm gonna actually have to get you another player now. Yes. Because that's crap. So let us cut <laughs> for a couple seconds and we shall return with two new players because you just mentioned one of the players I guessed wanted you to guess before. So give us a sec. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, I've done some more research. I've made this a little bit harder. Am I supposed to make that result redundant just then? No, th- that is absolute bullshit. Like, I won, so I don't yeah, know what's going on I gave there. it away. You're I just, gave it away. You're just, like, okay. sick of me being uh, good. Zip it, please. Zip it. We're going to take a look at a former legend of the A-League men competition. This man, hey, I hey, would hey, trust hey. him Does, with Doesn't my... have to be a current player? No. Oh, okay, so we're just going to change the rules as we go now. No, no, no. Well, I mean, when, when this man is this much of a legend... Percy Barisha. He's not, he's not a legend in the eyes of everyone. This man is, though. You've got a problem with Percy He is from New Zealand, and he played 180... I was about to say Paul Eiffel, but it's like he's not from New Zealand. <laughs> he's from Barbados. I know. Barbados, the big, big, best Glenn ever. Moss. No. Okay, look, I'm, I'm trying Shane to give you more clues. I'm trying to give you more clues here. Winton Roofer, even though he never played in the A-League, Alex Roofer. Play at home. <laughs> play at home with us. 181 appearances for the Wellington Phoenix. 31. Tim uh, Brown. <sighs> Look, I can't even finish the sentence. 31 for New Zealand. Well, I'm trying to get it as fast as I can. Okay, well, time's running out. Okay. Manny Musket. No. no he's multi. <laughs> <laughs> play at home. Let us know. Have you beaten Christian already? Chris Greenacre. Legend of the Wellington Phoenix. He represented New Zealand at under 17, under 20 and senior level. He is now retired. He retired in 2016, but he represented the Wellington Phoenix from 2008 to 2016. One of the best centre-backs to ever grace the A-League. Wore the number four for the Phoenix. He only scored seven goals. He has a big block head. Michael Boxall. 
I don't know how he haven't got this man yet. Before the Phoenix, he was with Auckland City. After the Phoenix, he was with Cashmere I research, Technical. Can I? No, I can't research. I forgot about that. Well, well, I, I can, but that's not fair. That's mm. that's just cheating. I'm surprised you have not got this man yet. Wellington. Legend of the Phoenix. Like when you think of Phoenix, no. When I think of Phoenix Centerbacks, I think of Andrew Durante, but it's not and him. And who who partnered him for that long? Who partnered Andrew Durante? Again? Yeah. Oh my god! Come on, back four. You, you had Tony Lockhead, Andrew Durante, this man, Manny Musket for so many years. Oh, Ben Sigmund. Yes. Oh my god! You got there. Of course, right. Ben Sigmund. You got there. Um, the next Sigmund. player. We turn our attention to the Matildas. She has had an extensive career. She's not currently in the A-League women, though. She has played with the A-League. Claire Polkinghorn? In... No. Let me get her biography up. So, Mate, you've got to have it ready to go. Previous clubs. Jeez. She's played with the Brisbane Raw, the Perth Glory, and Melbourne City. And I believe she's currently with Sevilla. Kaya Simon. She's currently with Tottenham. Don't know where you've got Kaya Simon from. Because, no, that's... No. In fairness to the current player, she is one of the most experienced Experienced in the Matilda squad. However, she's only played 34 games for Australia and she oh, is currently name, um... in Italy with Pomigliano. Swedish heritage, 36 years of age, before the AFC Women's Asian Cup 2022. <laughs> she does not have 40 heritage. She retired yeah. and she came back. Yes. Tony Gustafsson. What is her name? Oh my God. No, <laughs> well, I'm going to give you the answer. Is. 10 seconds. On the clock and oh counting. Oh my god! It's like got a small last name as well. It's it's only like a f- three letters. Four. Buick three. or uh, Lewick. 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 The ten seconds just expired. It is Ivy Lewick though. Yes. Doesn't count though. So Christian Bikeetti, thank you for your company. What a fantastic podcast. Hopefully. You enjoyed it at home. The third instalment of the Front Page Football podcast. Get more, as we say at the end of every single podcast, get more Front Page Football on your plate. Frontpagefootball.net is the website. You'll find links to the socials. Follow us here on Spotify. Drop us a five-star rating as well. Yeah, do it. Follow us. We want followers. (laughs) We've only got 15. (laughs) Christian Marchetti, thank you for your company. We hope you have a good week at home. Thank you for listening. Um, hopefully it's been a good morning, a, a good lunchtime break. Good thing about this front page football podcast, you can listen to it while you work. Maybe we've just distracted you for an hour and a bit. Under an hour, actually. Sorry, if we have. <laughs> Thank you. It's time for us to go. We'll catch you on the next one. Get more front page football on your plate. Until we meet again, it's goodbye. <laughs>